boredom, loneliness, or there was a fourth one. I love when I forget like a really important thing that someone <laughs> shared with me because it's obvious that I was like, black that yeah. one out. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello, welcome to a very, very, very special Thanksgiving episode where I want to express my gratitude, my thanks for all of you listeners out there. And as a way of doing that, I asked all of you for some questions, which I always do, but this time I was like, no, but seriously, give me your questions. And I'm going to answer them on this episode and we're not going to coach anybody except the people asking the questions. I have with me a new friend who a I'm, new friend <laughs> who's very exciting <laughs> she's a life coach and I know you loved my last life coach that I had on and she's a whole different brand of life coach she's amazing you can find her at Ali Stark Wellness what a great name Ali Stark thank it's just you so hot thank um, you she's amazing and I was like will you please come answer questions with me because I believe it or not get tired of my own voice can I ask a question? Go for it. What kind of brand of life coach are you? Yeah. Well, the last life coach I had on was the wonderful and amazing Brian Pataka, who is a fabulously handsome gay man who is just like, he works a lot with actors. He's just like got a very wonderful, warm energy. But then I just think of you as like, I would never tell someone they could work with either of you and it would be the same experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, you're very raw and real and honest to the point of scaring me a little bit. Like, I'm always like, what's she going to tell me? And, like, adjusting to our friendship has been a real journey mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm friends with a lot of people, and this is no offense to my friends, but who wouldn't necessarily tell me everything they're thinking about me or the situation or whatever. And with you, there's just, there's a sense of safety, but also a sense of um, scaredness that comes with knowing like how raw and real you are and that like you won't sugarcoat anything. You'll tell me exactly how you feel. And then you'll also tell me exactly how, like what I'm doing when I'm saying certain things. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I have to live up to you a lot. Oh, thanks, Dahlia. So that was that. Um, <laughs> and now on to the listener right. question. But I would say your brand is just like a little more like down. Like, I don't know. I th- What's your, your specialty is like a lot of helping people with businesses, entrepreneurs, like helping people yeah, make money like for themselves. Generally helping people align with their truth. But I, th- that wouldn't. To me, that's not the brand, uh-huh. right? What you just described was the personality type, which I think is way more the brand rather than the content of what right. we're doing. Yes. Yeah. So I got you. My point was you and Brian are both. I got I amazing. got you, girl. Okay. So we're just going to jump in. I haven't Great. looked at any Great. of these questions Great. ahead of time. Here we go. So hopefully they're fun. Okay. First question. Oh, this is a good, this is a great question, especially for the holidays. Are you ready? I'm ready. After a period of rejection slash no dating prospects, what's your best advice to keep the loneliness at bay or to keep it from turning into desperation? Wow, what a beautiful question. I feel like I can like really lean into that one too. And what I also want to say is I'm not going to give away this person's identity, but I have talked with them a bit about being a coaching client and that sort of thing. And I always found them to be 
a little protective and like kind of one of those people is like, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like Uh I'm fine. uh So I'm actually really pleased right off the bat to see that they're allowing themselves to ask that question and be a little vulnerable with me and also with themselves. And I think largely if you want to be dating someone, that's kind of the first step is acknowledging that you are a human being with flaws and you would like to find another human being with flaws. Well, I think that to share with the listeners, I have... I am in a period of singleness that's now been like uh, over six months. It's been an extended period of time with little dabbles, uh, unsuccessful dabbles. I wouldn't say unsuccessful. I would just say like just, they didn't end up in yeah, marriage, exactly. but with they, like dabbles. Exactly. Experiments. Journeys, nice. Yes. Yeah. Social experiments. Sure. Um, but a really helpful reframe for me, because I think that when loneliness kicks in, which is like a universal experience, whether you're in committed partnership or not in committed partnership. Totally. But I think that when loneliness kicks in and you're single, it's really easy to feel like you're alone. And um, a nice reframe is just that you're on your own. And those have really different flavors. I feel like when I started to watch my words around how I was speaking about it from a Rather than like, I'm alone and look at me, I'm, you know, it was just kind of, I'm on my own right now, Mm -hmm. Um, which feels way more empowering. And like anything, loneliness is an emotion. And if you lean in, it moves past. And I think like, that's all I would say about anything in terms of a feeling is like, if you lean into the loneliness, it kind of moves past. That doesn't necessarily mean it's comfortable when it's happening. Like in my moments of loneliness, it's easy to want to distract And then in terms of desperation, I think you got to have, like, I would be really curious what you think about this, Dahlia. I'm thinking about having a couple of, like, what's the right word for it? Check boxes Mm -hmm. where you're being, you know, certain desperation patterns for you where you're really kind of watching yourself, right? Like, oh, I know that I do X when I feel really desperate. Mm. And so that's like at least one line of defense so that you don't end up in a situation where there's a shame spiral. I think that's great advice. I also think what you said about leaning into your emotion and allowing yourself to feel lonely and acknowledge it and not run from it will also help keep the desperation at bay because I think desperation often comes out of I feel lonely and I don't want to feel this way. So how, what's the quickest way to like plug up this hole? You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's when you'll find yourself doing things you don't necessarily want to do, doing things you don't feel great about the next day, you know, and just not valuing yourself as much. Whereas if you can, and I like the on your own thing that immediately made me as a person and a couple be like, but I'm on my own too. And like, I am also, and I also can feel lonely. Like, you know, I, work from home. I'm alone in my own way. Like, you know, your partner can only fulfill so much for you. So I think it's obviously it's a different kind of loneliness when you want to be in a romantic relationship and you're not. But we all are on our own. Yeah. I also think that um, I had someone once tell me, and I thought this was really helpful, that transformation is not happening in a flow state. Transformation is happening when you're feeling grief, boredom, loneliness, or there was a fourth one. I love when I forget like a really important thing that someone (laughs) shared with me because it's obvious that I was like, black that one out. Anyway, there was another, there was another, um, emotion. It may have been rage or something like that, but like if you are lonely and you lean in, what's going to happen on the other side of that? Right. Lean into loneliness. Lean in. I think the answer is lean in, but I would say also like 
like I started off by saying, I think such an important part of becoming, quote, dateable is um, allowing yourself to be human. And I think if you're someone who kind of floats on the surface of emotions and tries not to feel them or doesn't let people into how you're feeling or doesn't think you should feel how you're feeling, it's going to be very hard to let another human being in at all. And I think it's not like you need to go on a date and pour out all of your sorrow and baggage on the first date. But you, you can be human. If someone says like, you know, also keeping in mind that everyone feels lonely to an extent. What a beautiful way to bond with another person. Do you ever feel lonely in LA? Yeah, I totally do. Like, what do you do when you feel lonely? You know, and like having that conversation with another person, allowing someone to see your vulnerability, that's such a huge part of actually being able to create a connection with someone. I'd be curious. For, so I have no problem speaking to my loneliness when it comes up. Um, in like a first dating situation for me, I don't know if I, and I'm quite comfortable owning my emotions. I don't know if I would be putting for me the loneliness card on the table on a first date with someone. Probably not, probably not like (laughs) right on the table. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm lonely. (laughs) How are you today? I'm lonely. What was your day like? Lonely. But I think, you know, if if you're vibing with someone and you're having real conversations, which hopefully you are in a date, hopefully it's not just where are you from, where's your mom from, where's your grandma from, but like hopefully it's... There's yeah, more to real. That. Yeah. And then you can get real with the person. And, you know, for all the things that we say don't talk about on a date, I can't tell you the amount of people that I know who are either married or in great relationships or whatever who are like, we talked about everything you're not supposed to talk about. Because the truth is, when you meet the person who's right for you, it's easy and there is no, like, should or shouldn't. Yeah. So you just, I think what I'm saying is it's more about being real with yourself. Doesn't mean you have to bring all that up. Your date is not a therapy session, obviously. But the first step is admitting it to yourself. So I think this person has already done a great job of acknowledging that she feels that way. And she's like, how do I not become desperate? And to whoever asked the question, I think there's also the importance in knowing that you're not alone in your loneliness. Totally. Everyone feels loneliness. Yes. And I think if you are feeling that way from going on dates, like you just keep going on bad dates and you're like, this is making me feel more lonely... That's a great time to stop going. And I don't normally encourage stopping going, but I'm like, if you're just digging that lonely hole more and more, spend some quality time with yourself, spend some quality time with friends, real friends, and just be like, that whole dating thing is off the table for a few days as I like come back to myself and remember that I'm whole on my own. Namaste. Namaste. That was great. Thank you. Okay, next. Great. Hope that was helpful. Okay. Um, this is also from Instagram. Ready? Here's my question. Dating someone who says they don't like the girlfriend-boyfriend title and refers to me as his friend to friends and family, but we agreed not to date or sleep with anyone else, and I sleep over at his place at least four days out of the week and talk every day. Should I be concerned? He does say I deserve better than him. Whoop. Both, both I, took I a big raised, inhale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I wish I had a little more information. Like, how long has this been going on? Yeah. Kind of. They have agreed not to date or sleep with anyone else. Sleep over at his place at least four days out of the week and talk every day. This is a tough one because part of me wants to be like actions speak louder than words and like if you're happy with everything else going on why are we so attached to this title this goalpost maybe they're just obeying my rule of three months before titles in which case I'm like that's fine like keep the title pressure off and when you're ready you're ready but if this person is saying 
I don't believe in titles at all and you're never going to have that title. Mm, that's that's a little bit of an alarm for it's me. It's actually, the alarm was not from the title piece mm. for me. It was from the you deserve better well, comment. Yeah. Mm. Good, good point. <laughs> the, the title is, I, I get it. I mean, I, I also am always going to like go back to like, how do you, how does that make you feel? And if it doesn't feel okay, you name it from an I feel statement. Mm. You know, when this happens, I feel not you don't call me your girlfriend and therefore you are. I can't get down with the you deserve better comment. Yeah. I don't mean to be so blunt about it, but to me... There's something in that comment, A, first off, to whoever asked the question, the you deserve better, that comment has nothing to do with you. That has everything to do with the person that said it. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust it. I, I just don't. It's like that person's own insecurity or not knowing or lack of clarity. Or they're very clearly being honest with you and you're Fair. choosing to hear it as like a cute little saying, but it's like that whole, you know my Angelou thing of like when someone tells you who they are believe them yeah like I actually saw something really not great on Facebook the other day but it was like a, a series of like breakup lines that people use and then what they really mean and the you deserve better means like I have done something horrible or like I know that I am a horrible person you know and it's like if they're telling you that and refusing to give you the I'm title like, I'm like what's going on behind yeah like I just there's something fishy in that to me so what would you say uh this person should do she should have the I feel conversation and see what comes of that or should she go make a decision on her own to be like I do deserve better and I'm going to move on and I'm gonna be with someone who's proud to call me his girlfriend I'm pausing because I don't feel like I have a right answer in this circumstance I can only you know speak to I'm such a communicator that I'm always going to bring it up to the to the other party. I don't think it's right or wrong to go one way or the other here. Um, I think that by bringing it up to the other party, most likely what you're going to walk away with is not getting what you wanted totally. to hear. Yeah. Um, but for me, I appreciate that type of clarity and trans. I would rather get rejected than not know. For me, not knowing is like a total spin out. Yeah. Um, even if it's from this empowered decision-making place of like, I des- I do deserve better because I still don't have all the information. Right. So I would have a conversation and say, you know, this is how this makes me feel. And you can speak to the label or you can speak to the, what do you, what do you, what are you actually meaning when you say I deserve better? Like spell it out for me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand. Mm, I like that. I like that. And then you can make an informed decision. And I I generally don't really believe in like ultimatums or deadlines. But I feel like once you have that conversation, if you really, really push on it and insist on getting to the bottom of it and getting to the truth, it's probably going to tell you everything you need to know. And there's not going to be a lot. Like part of also maybe what's keeping her there is as much as we hate the gray area, he's very smart in a way of keeping her in that uncertainty. It keeps it exciting. Like that kind of tension of like, if I just do the right thing, he'll change his mind. Like there's something to win here. There's something to earn. And he's holding it over my head and he's telling me I deserve better. And that's like when my parents tell me not to do something like I'm going to, you know, like it's this, it's this tension of not getting what we want that if you talk it through and make it really unsexy and unromantic and untense and just like uncover all the shit, I feel like a lot of that will be gone. And even if it takes you another week 
from then on, when you like sleep over or hang out with him, you're going to know too much and it's probably going to lose some of its appeal. As you were saying that, I was just feeling so tenderly towards this person, right? Because I think when, when you read it out loud, we both kind of had this like red flag in our eyes and just saying it like that, I was just, I think being in that space, gray zone is one thing. Gray zone with subtle forms of like um, puppeteering. Yeah, or like reward, like there's this thing for you to Is painful. Win. Yeah. That just sounds painful. So, But it's so, but like it's the whole similar theme of like we learn to associate that painfulness, that tension, and that needing to earn someone as love. with love. Yeah. God, that one you just keep coming back yeah, to. It's real. It's real. It's so real. We're like, this feels like love because I feel anxious all the time. <laughs> and I get and I have to I get to prove. Yeah. Over and over, gotta prove my worth. I can't get comfortable. Comfortable is boring. No, comfortable is fucking great. Comfortable is the best feeling in the whole world. <laughs> You have to like push through the initial like if it doesn't feel terrible, it's not love reaction, which somehow we have all learned amazingly. I think there's a few like there's obviously different flavors to it, but uh, there's the unfortunateness that that one is quite prevalent, Mm -hmm. that feeling. So there must be I mean, I agree with you. I I can I feel her pain. I've been in this situation myself. I'm sure we all have. But I'm also like, obviously she's getting something out of it too, beyond like she likes spending time with him, but also out of the like, this feels somehow alive and exciting and like I have something to earn or win or prove. I think what you just said is so on point because also when we're in a state of suffering and pain and we're allowing it to continue, there's something there for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that like the human psyche is very conditioned to suffer mm-hmm. and like I am always amazed with the amount of clients that I work with and even just experiencing my own delight and own bliss where it's like that can feel so scary if mm-hmm. I feel this good I don't tend to go towards like is the shoe gonna drop but it's do I deserve to feel right. this good someone's gonna find out I don't and Someone, it's gonna get taken away from me exactly that's how I feel so I think that we're so we're way more conditioned you know and it, we have a fear-based culture so we're way more conditioned to like feel uncomfortable and mm-hmm. shitty all the am I allowed to say that? shitty yes. okay mm-hmm. um and <laughs> uh and so then we can't even imagine what it would be like if we just felt good. And good sometimes equals comfortable. Yeah. And comfortable can sometimes be boring. Yeah. Maybe that's not the right word. Just I think secure. it's the wrong word. I think um, it's Steady? boring when it's static. But I think if it's a growing sense of comfort and love and warmth, it's That's never not boring. boring. That's not boring. Not boring at all. Is a massage boring? No, I haven't had what you're describing. Oh, I hadn't either until now. And That's now I'm like, oh, because probably once you have it, then you're done. You once know? I have it, then I'm done. <laughs> That's like, uh, for sure. Once I have it, then I'm done. Because I'm done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, now I know I don't need that tense feeling all the time. Yeah. But there is something appealing about it. And I think what you said is true. Even... 
what you were referencing where like change can't happen except in these different states. I almost think that's like a little bit of almost a dangerous Mm. theory Mm. because I know I felt that way myself of like, if I'm not in chaos, if I'm not unhappy in some way, I'm not learning. I'm not growing. I'm not bettering myself. Mm -hmm. And I also think change can happen when you're forced to be happy and sit with it Mm. and allow yourself to feel that way. You know, that's lovely. I hope that was helpful. I think she needs to dig deep to see if she really wants out and then have like a real heart to heart, heart to heart where she doesn't let up, but she pushes on it and then see, you know, if she still wants to be there, might last a little longer. It might evolve, but the power is yours. The power is yours. Okay, shall we? Ready? We shall. I feel like this is going well. (laughs) You act surprised. (laughs) I mean... Uh, I just have to sort through all of the DMs about Josiah and his beard and how hot he is. Everybody calm down, but don't calm down. DM him. Okay, great. I'm worried that you can't have it all, that you can't be successful in both career and love, or at least it's rare if you are. I'm doing well career-wise and definitely find myself holding back from asking people out or taking opportunities with regards to romance because I'm scared the work stuff will stop if I find someone. Am I completely irrational? Thanks. Nice question. Yeah, I like this question. What do you think? Are they irrational? I mean, I don't know if I'm going to start it by saying this person's irrational because I think we're all, like, what is, ra- you know, yes. like, we're mm. emotions-based mm. people, mm. emotions are irrational, like, I don't, I think that that title is not really useful in the conversation. Sure. Um, where I went to is how lucky I feel to have such magnificent examples in my life of people who are really successful in their career and really successful in their romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there can be an ease in the comparison, but I, for me, it's actually just expanding to see that it exists, right? If I know that something like that exists, I know that I'm capable of having it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you can't have... I think you can have it all. I don't think you can have it all at the same time, but I don't know if I'm like relating to having it all in the way this question is being asked. I think that you can have a successful career and a successful relationship. I absolutely, like no questions asked, think that that's possible. I'm wondering the bar that's being set on mm. them, like the the realism that's around them. Um, and both of those things take spaciousness, right? Mm. So... I also just like the word successful in this also doesn't, it just doesn't land for me. It's kind of like optimal, nourishing. um, And I think that like when one is really thriving, the other may not be as thriving as that, but it still can be like delicious. Yeah, I think the term that bothers me the most from this is can I have it all? Because it's just like, Yes. Can they all be at the exact same point as each other at the same time? Can you be 14 places at once? No. No. Right. So yeah, sometimes you're going to spend more time with your significant other and they're going to get a lot of attention because it's a it's a less busy work time. Right. And other times you're going to have to travel and put your nose down and really do your work. Right. But I think it's totally possible. I also think 
maybe this question is coming too from like, like you said, like what they mean by that of uh, what is having it all? What is success? Does that mean you're like world famous? Because then it is going to be hard to maintain a romantic relationship. We've all seen that, you know, like that is definitely hard, but also doable. Look at Obama. And I think you're like, there's an importance to me in the defining the redefining these terms successful um abundance uh, wealth whatever it richness whatever it is and actually redefining them for what is going to feel what actually feels like that for right, you right um and then because if you're doing it from a societal infrastructure of what the words mean you're kind of like in trouble. You're in big trouble because that doesn't exist except on social media where nothing is real. Where nothing is real. Yeah. Um, but I think I see so many. Yeah. And not just like see them. I feel like I get to experience lots of people that have these incredible careers in whatever capacity that means to them and beautiful relationships. Yeah. I think it's it's all about just what success looks like for you. And does that mean that you're like world, world, world famous? Or does that mean you can pay your bills doing what you love and you have someone who loves you at home? I also think like the obvious answer too is the right partner for you is not going to take you away from your work. They're going to support you and encourage you to do whatever it is your heart desires. And they're going to be there to like help you do it even more. You know, they're not, if you have someone that's saying you have to choose between your job and me, unless your job is like having sex with other people and they're not okay with that, that should never be like, no one should be taking you away and saying like, you put your career first. They can say, I'd love a little more time and attention put on our relationship right now. It feels like it's not getting that much. Fine. You can go to couples therapy or whatever but I think the right partner is just going to help your career and the right career is going to help your relationship because you're going to feel so fulfilled and happy in your career that it's going to make your relationship better absolutely because we all know you can't also really be happy in a relationship if you're not happy in the things that you do independently as well no I mean the relationship's inevitably going to suffer right I also think that the other in terms of like if you want to be a rock star traveling around the world, if that's your definition to success, mm-hmm. I want to say game on. Like yeah. that that's your definition of success. However, you may have to then look at some of these other buckets in your life and know that they're going to take a bit of a hit right. because of that. Mm-hmm. But it's what is most meaningful to you. Your life is yours. You get to choose what right. gets prioritized. And And I mean, so much of this to me comes down to are you living in the context of a should or a could mm-hmm. uh, and redefining how you're going to measure success in your life? I also think it's interesting what they said about turning down romantic prospects or not furthering romantic prospects because they're afraid of what it's going to do to their career. And to that, I want to say, what are you really afraid of? Like, what, that, what is personal this protection? Dig deep. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you're definitely like, I've worked hard to create this thing and someone else is going to come along and ruin it for me, whether it's because it's romantic or whatever. There's something very, like, threatened and, like, mm. holding on to this thing because you don't trust that you built it and you have it now, you know? And you can trust. You can loosen your grip on it a little bit. And it's kind of that whole, like, 
you know that like you've really made a lifestyle change if you can like break your diet and come back to it. (laughs) But if you have this like tight, tight vice grip on it, it's because you don't really trust yourself and you don't like, is there something still in your career that you're like, I, I don't feel good enough or I don't trust that I've really earned this and put the work in to deserve it. So that's why I think the slightest ripple of another person could take it away from me, you know? And so I think it would be really fun and interesting to be like, what happens if I open myself up to new experiences and spending a whole evening away from my work, you know, and like a whole evening not even thinking about my work. I bet your work will blossom and be even better than before because also like you're not that interesting if you're not letting yourself do anything but work. You have to have other experiences in your life to be either a successful artist, entrepreneur, musician, business person, whatever. You have to have other things filling you out as a human being. It's also to, I find that when I step away from my work, I can actually take stock of where it's at, mm. right? And then when I'm just like in the grind, which like I can get in the grind, it's, but right now I'm in an extreme state of burnout. Mm. Um, but when I am in like head down, I mean, I can work hard. Yeah. It's actually really helpful when there's pause in work being the top priority because I get to see what's working and what's not working, right? There's some, every, to me, I just like always come back to space. And Mm -hmm. and the one other thing that I wanted to say, and this is very personal to me, there's two specific couples in my life that I feel like I, I have looked up to the most. I don't even know them that well, but they're people that found their partners later in life. What I mean by that is like in their 40s, Mm. early, late, late 30s, early 40s, which is considered later in life Mm -hmm. for our context. Mm -hmm. And they wound up having like collaborative work relationships with their partners. Mm. That's not for everyone um, by all means. But I think that if you find the right person, they want you to thrive because when you thrive, the relationship thrives. 100%. Like I have never experienced in my relationship ever Matt being like, don't do that thing because I want to spend time with you. Right. Ever. He knows a million percent that me going away from him to do what I need to do. He's going to bring you back even more to him. Yes. Of course. And I'm just going to appreciate him so much for supporting me, you know? And so I think investigating what you're really afraid is going to get so messed up and then knowing that the right partner, like maybe you've had a bad experience too with someone who was like, malicious or jealous or competitive with your career and then that was the wrong person but that doesn't have to be how a relationship is the partner should never be competing with the job and that's on both you and the partner like and I love what you said about different buckets it's like thinking of it that way sometimes this one bucket's going to get a little more from you and then other times you're going to correct and come back to the other one and you know maybe what you need to do as someone who hasn't dated for a while is say okay I spend all of my waking hours on my work Can I commit to one night a week where I'm going to go on a date or go out to a social something and just allow other people in to my experience? I also think you were saying like taking a break from your work allows you to be better at your work. And I think that's also because like there's no job that doesn't require you to have a pulse of the human race, you know, like of what the world needs from you. Right. And you can't know that if you're sitting in your house on your computer zoning it all out. I... I'm someone who really enjoys meeting new people mm-hmm. and I enjoy meeting new people because it continues to open up my narrow lens of what it means to be human to get to observe someone else's perspective and reality and 
the lens through which they see the world. I know that not everyone is like that. However, when you open yourself up to something new, it has the possibility of cracking open something new inside of you that you didn't even know existed. And from a work perspective, that's like creative energy. That's like life force, imaginative like super flowy energy. So to me, it's like go step out of your zone, do something that makes you a little bit, it doesn't even have to make you a lot uncomfortable. It's just new. It's new and it's different and see what happens. And I would say even if you go and you end up in a super toxic relationship that is bad for your work and for you, it will eventually serve your work and you. Oh, we can talk about that one, sister, for a long time. <laughs> but it's true. Time. Like, it's every so experience we true. have makes us better at doing what we're passionate about, whatever that is. So Absolutely. I think you're doing yourself a disservice by protecting yourself from those experiences. And you just need to kind of get a little uncomfortable. And then, like, once your feet are warm, you can dive in head first and splash around and... You know, see what happens and see how it adds to your work, too. So just to make it, this is my psychology mind. Oh, go ahead. Um, Because we have a new friendship. We do. And um, like what you said at the beginning, that my rawness sort of, you know, kind of asks you to step up into that. And I think that I'm just using this as an example because it's so acute. Um, And I think it's, I have been so tickled. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) um you're equally as verbose in your emotions as I am Uh or maybe a little more at sometimes and I you know sometimes I'm like did I did I say too much did my feelings spill out too much um and it's a nice reflection to hear it because I'm like oh it's really like it's really nice. So I think that just to use this budding friendship mm, as mm-hmm. an example, it opens up new parts of yourself. Yeah. New ways to reflect things. And then, I mean, our work, there's kind of a direct thing that we can take it into. But I think for anyone's work, whether you work in an ice cream shop and are meeting new people all the time to being an art director, the human condition, man, the more you know, yeah. the better off you are. Yeah. For everything. 100%. Okay. Should we do one more? Let's do one more. Let's do one more. This and is then, fun. This is fun. And then maybe we'll do another one for like Christmas episode. Okay, great. So I like whoever it. we don't get to this time. I was just thinking, I don't, I feel like this is a late night show <laughs> where the question was things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, so this one I just picked because it starts with a compliment for me. So hot tip. Duh. If you want me to answer your question, <laughs> shoot me a compliment first. Ready? Here we go. Little Scorpio energy up in there. My ego, please. Okay. Hello, lovely. Hi. First of all, you're amazing and I love your energy. Thank you so much for all of your amazing advice. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) So here's the question. Met a good friend's coworker at an event, proceeded to have eight dates in a row, had an off-the-charts connection, but he was here in town working on the production for two weeks only and left this morning. Mm. Tear, tear face. Mm. So this connection is going to have to turn long distance. He said he absolutely is going to visit and vice versa. Do I not overthink and go with it? What are your thoughts on long distance situations? I have a lot of thoughts on them. Why don't you start? I've done a lot of them. So I, I have yeah. as well. Yeah. 
So my general thought on long distance, she put her thumb down, but I'm going to disagree respectfully. Great. I hope you do. Which is, I generally think with anything like long distance, moving in, um, any like major things in a relationship that you're like, oh my gosh, this could mess up the whole relationship. It could, but likely if it messes it up, it wasn't the right relationship I anyway. agree with that completely. So it's like, yes, you can move in together too soon, but if you're a really good pair, you'll probably figure it out. Yes, long distance is hard, but if you're a really good pair, you'll figure it out. There's plenty of people who started out that way. Plenty of and people. And are married now. I also think the thing about long distance, just to be aware of if you're going to go through with this, and I actually talk about it on next week's episode... I think there's this false idea that long distance is hard because you miss the person and you don't see them and it's hard to not be in the same place. And like, yes, that's hard. But I think what was really hard for me in my long distance relationship that didn't ultimately end up working out but brought me out to Los Angeles, so like here we are, um, was that whenever we hung out, whenever we'd meet up, it would be super romantic and fun and exciting. And the missing each other was super romantic and fun and exciting. And the constant texting was super romantic and fun and exciting. And the talking three hours a day on the phone. And then when we actually came to live in the same place, it was not super romantic and fun and exciting. And it was a huge letdown. And I think I had this like false sense of who he was because we weren't in the same place. So I think what was hard about it for me was that was that it's actually more fun to be long distance than it is to do the day-to-day. And the day-to-day is where you really find out if someone is a compatible partner for you. So it's like very easy when you've gone on eight dates with someone and then you're long distance and then you're missing them and then you're fantasizing about a life with them. But make sure you don't make any major decisions until you've had the chance to kind of be in the same place as them for to a while. To experience the mundane. Yes, the mundane. Long distance can absolutely work and has for so many people. I think for my, for me as a person, it's a tricky one. Number one is sometimes it has meant that that person's kind of unavailable, mm-hmm. right? And the long distance sort of mimics the unavailability, mm-hmm. um, which is why I can get swooped in. I definitely agree. I think that it brings out the performative and charming parts of me, right? 100%. Where when we have those pockets of time together, um, then I'm going to put my best foot forward. And to circle it back to mm. the very beginning of our conversation, that's not what's real, right? right? What's real is like I'm a multidimensional, dynamic human being that even at my worst, that's still an expression of my best because it's just me being me. Yeah. And I think that it, there's something about long distance for me, so I think that this is just an that I check in with yourself does it bring out the performative side of yourself um, where you don't get to have a bad day or mm. be grumpy or not really want to engage, but you can at least sit quietly next to the person, right? There's that like, let's savor every moment and have sex six times today and all that because you have this limited period of time. Right. Um Shoot, I wanted to say one other piece. Why don't you riff on that and it'll come back to me. I think that's all a really good point. I think you you have to be at your best. You plan fun activities. Whenever you see them, you just got a fresh bikini wax and like shaved and brought all your hot underwear. And like, then it's a little scary because you're like, they don't actually know what I'm like on the day to day. Right. And that's scary. There's not really a way around that because generally what ends up happening is like someone decides to move there and then that's how you find out and that my general belief in relationships is that as long as no one gets like physically hurt or emotionally hurt to the point of like 
really severeness, it's all an adventure that is worth it. And it's all worth trying. And if you haven't done it before and you don't have like a long distance doesn't work for me kind of thing going on, which even if you do, maybe it was that person. Because again, like maybe it was I that think person. with these things, while they're circumstantial, they're also about are you the right people for each totally. other? Totally. I would never say don't have the experience. And this is coming, I mean, the first story you heard from me was me meeting someone who lived in a different country and knowing them for six days and then they moved in with me. Right, you know? right. So right. I would still say have the experience. The other thing that I remember that I wanted to say is, um, and I wonder if this is true for you, Dahlia, I, as much as I'm a talker, I'm a feeler of energetic stuff. And the distance part, all we have to go off is conversation. Mm -hmm. And we can't go off of body language, energy, physical space. And I think that that, it gets me in my head. And I think the more heady I am in dating, the the worse off I am. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's definitely true. I mean, even with nowadays, we have FaceTime and that sort of thing. It's not the same as being in the same it's room as someone. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's still, pow- I mean, it's super duper powerful, but it's not the same. I also think in some ways being in something long distance is easier than forcing yourself to meet someone where you are. Right. And I remember when I was in long distance, I, I'm not joking. I spent three hours a day on the phone. And if I wasn't on the phone, I was texting. And I do, this was like the last six months before I moved from New York to here. And I do not remember those six months because I was so not present in my life. And that was my last six months, like living with some of my best friends in the world and, you know, being in New York, the city that I love. And it's a blur because my whole mind and being was with this other person right. who wasn't here. And I, I I wouldn't say I regret it because like I said, like it moved me here. I met Matt. I met you. I found my like calling as a coach or whatever. So there's no point in like regretting, but I am like, that's something to be aware of too, is it really can take you out of your life and your presence. And I think that even though we just talked about how your career doesn't have to suffer, my career did suffer because I was putting so, I was barely sleeping because he was also here. So it was like three hours. That three hour time difference oh is my God. so, I'm always, I find that that's harder than like a European time difference. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like the exact wrong. It's like when you wake up, they're at work. Yeah. When you are off work, they're getting ready yeah. for it. That it's, one is a tricky it one. It was really hard and I was not sleeping and I was not present and I was not enjoying my last six months and I was just like in this delirium. Yeah. Love state, totally. which it was fun in its own way. Of course. So I would say, like, you know, go into it knowing all of these things, being aware and saying, I'm going to commit to also being present in my life because what if this guy's never going to move there and some other wonderful guy falls into your lap and you're like, sorry, I'm busy texting my long distance love or whatever. But also see how it plays out. Like, I had a guest on a few weeks ago who had met someone at like a wedding or something and then they said they were going to keep in touch and then he said he was going to visit her and then for like two weeks she didn't hear from him and she's like, should I still be? And I was like, no. Like, move on. When they're long distance, there's no leeway because either they're going to make it work and come visit you and have you visit them and you're both going to put in the effort. But if one person isn't putting the effort in, it's not going to work. And I just want to say to this person because we sort of did all the like, here's things to be aware of. Yeah. Also have fun. Have fun. Like, it's fun. And, 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 you know, it's like, I would still say, dive in, have fun. If you don't dive in, you're constantly going to question if this could have been. Um, and on the other side of it, it'll be like something you walk away with 
having beautiful stretch marks from whether you're in it or not. <laughs> I love that. I love stretch marks. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's, it's, I'm laughing a little bit at what I'm saying because I know myself well enough to that, that I still always say yes. Oh my God. Do I have a long distance love story? Do we have time? Yeah. All right. A dear friend of mine went on a safari around 15 years ago um, in her mid-30s. And on the safari, because there was about six people, she met a man. The man was married. Um, He's 20 years her senior. But there was a spark. There was a connection of sorts. He's uh, from the Netherlands. Mm. And she's from the States. This is a close friend of mine from Northern California. And... uh, They kind of kept a little bit in touch after that experience, meeting in Africa, one's from Europe, the other one's from California, on a vacation. Um, And then it got a little bit hotter and heavier. They had a a, a bit of an affair Mm. and completely then lost touch with one another for multiple years. Okay, so I I think that this friend of mine just turned 50, so we're talking about a 15-year span of time. Wow. And now I can report that this these two people are like in a committed relationship. He wound up this this man wound up leaving his wife of like fifty years. They're but in a, not for her, or maybe for her. For maybe. her, okay, okay. Uh, and they're in a committed partnership, and they like live between France and Amsterdam in the states, and it's like. This beautiful love story. Wow. I just think you don't know. You don't know. And you have to you have you to have the try. adventure. I mean, yeah. you told me about your Italian guy. I told you about my Israeli guy. We've done it. So I say like part of the reason too that you and I say yes to everything is because we've said yes to things and we're still okay. And we're better off. We're better of off. It. We've 100%. grown. We've learned. Now we both think we have the right to tell other people how to live. <laughs> Which we don't. Which 100%. we don't. But we can stand by saying yes, having the experience, having the adventure. Be honest with yourself. If it's making you happy, do it. If it's making you suffer, unless you're enjoying the suffering, which you might be, don't do it. Which you might it. be, don't you do might. it. But like, follow this and see what happens and be open to anything. It's exciting. It's fun. It's exciting. You had eight incredible dates with this person. Yeah, that's a lot. Go big, honey. Go big. Go big and use protection. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Grateful to you, Allie. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're amazing. This was so fun. We'll definitely do it again. So if I didn't answer your question, I will. And you're great. And thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.